listening to It's Complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm Lauren. And we're your resident best friends, here to help you along your relationship journey. Think of us as your very own fun fairies. We're bringing joy to the process. We're sprinkling love dust all over the place because, guys, it takes a village and we're your community. And you can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell a friend. This is helpful, guys. You're in quarantine Tell your friends, share, message them. It shows we have a loyal and growing audience, helps us bring you fabulous offers, and it keeps the lights on for us here at our village. So contribute to the village and make things a little less complicated. Today's episode is brought to you by Hero Cosmetics. Guys, they sent us over the Mighty Patch. It's awesome. It's a magical little hydrocolloid acne patch. So... I had a date scheduled for Sunday and a monster pimple popped up on Friday night. I was worried that I was going to show up on Sunday still with the same pimple, but I stuck on my Mighty Patch and in the morning on Saturday, the pimple was totally flat and much less red. I felt so much better about the way I looked going into this date on Sunday and was way more confident. And guess what? Now we have a second date planned. Well, that should be enough for all y'all to want to try it too. And if you guys want to try this Mighty Patch for yourself, you can use the code COMPLICATED15 for 15% off on herocosmetics.com. We all need a little stability in our lives. Lord knows I do. That's why I've recently committed to Hinge. I've paid them money. I feel like now we're in a stable relationship. Having a routine and people you can count on and apps even makes you feel safe and gives you a sense of security in a world full of all of the unknowns. Having a village you can count on is very important because they can provide advice, an ear to listen, and a shoulder to cry on. And honestly, right now, we probably all need all of those things. One of our favorite guests, wingman and village member, Thomas Edwards Jr. is back to discuss why the importance of happiness in and out of relationships is the key to getting through the tough times we're facing today. In case you guys need a refresher, Thomas Edwards helps his clients live a full life of purpose, fun, passion, and achievement by showing them how to make life an actual game, combining personal development and game design. Formerly known as the founder of The Professional Wingman, a company helping singles finding love, he's the creator of The One-Up Rule, which states, live life like you have an extra one. For over a decade, Thomas has served as a coach, advisor, speaker, and trainer who works with high-performing professionals, athletes, leaders, and businesses. His experience, knowledge, and unique approach to personal transformation has been featured in nearly 1,000 media outlets, including Men's Health, The Wall Street Journal, GQ, Entrepreneur, The New York Times, on MTV, ABC, and The Steve Harvey Show, among others. Thomas is a proud hashtag girl dad. He lives in Santa Monica, California with his wife of nearly six years star and his three-year-old daughter, Ellie. He's going to teach us how to level up our dating game. Welcome to the show again, Thomas. Hey guys, how are you? We are hanging in there like the rest of everybody. How about you? First and foremost, please tell us how you're doing. Doing, doing pretty much the same, but keeping myself uh, as happy as I can. Which is no small feat. Like, it's pretty obvious people have emotions all over the spectrum right now. How do you remain happy? You know, it's really interesting. Yeah, I feel like during this time where, you know, if you're not working or you're working more, it's still giving you space to take a look at your life and like wonder, like, am I actually happy doing this? <laughs> um, and for a lot of people, it's inspiring them to actually look for what makes them happy. Uh, you know, for me, I realized that like, it's not the work that I do or what I accomplish in life that makes me happy. It's, it's ultimately who I am, right? Getting to know and intimately loving that part of myself and allowing myself to experience all the things that that part of me wants. You know, there's a lot of joy in that, that I've, I've been able to experience more so during this time than ever before. Yeah, I think this this time of 
like isolation and quarantine, it really is, can be, yes, there's moments of like good and bad and everything. And there is some positive silver lining in there that I think really does let people ask themselves questions that they wouldn't normally ask because you're going through your daily work routine almost kind of just like without any question, right? You just get up, you go to work by this time, you do the task you have at work, and then you go home and you eat and go to sleep or whatever it is. It's like you don't question is this fun? Do Is it making me feel like sparking joy or making me feel fulfilled or whatever? You're just sort of like going through the motions. And I think when you get in a routine like that, you don't ask yourself like, wait a minute, uh, should I be doing something else? Should I be, I don't know, looking for something deeper or different? And that can happen in relationships too. But I think like this is an awesome time to sort of ask yourself those questions because there's a shift. And so that shift allows you to say, wait, things are different. Hold on. Do I need things to be different? Do I want things to be the same? Kind of, you know, it's like you wouldn't do that normally. No. And like, it's so true, right? Like we are so set in our routine. So when something like this hits, like COVID, right, hits and like our routine is completely uplifted, our instinct is to say, no, I want that back, right? Because it's routine. It's safe. It's what you're used to without even realizing that perhaps that routine sucked <laughs> or that you weren't happy with that routine. And so taking that moment to pause and saying, wait a second, this might actually be a great opportunity to reassess my life and what actually is going to bring me joy. Okay, so speaking of joy, happiness, all of those things, how would you actually define happiness? Because like I wake up every day assuming I'm happy just because I don't feel depressed or sad, but like is there some sort of level or degree of happiness I should be trying to aim for? It's so interesting. So the way to really look at happiness is by reframing what it actually means to you. So for for for, for so many people, the programming around happiness has always been based around what you do and what you have in your life, right? So if it's like, man, if I just made a certain amount of money, I'd be so happy. If I had this person in my life, I'd be so happy. If I only had blank, then I would be happy, right? And, and, and all these things that you're hearing are things that are outside of yourself, right? These are external things that are meant to fill some type of gaping void inside of you, which we all know doesn't actually work. And here's why. Those moments in which you do get the money, get the person or get the blank, so to speak, happens in a moment. And this moment will make you happy in that moment. But then your mind has this really interesting way of getting used to things. And so even though now you have the money, your mind's now used to having that money and it doesn't really make you as happy as it once did before. And now you're at the point of, I need to have more money. <laughs> um, and, the, and it really becomes this lather, rinse, repeat process. And so the way to reframe that is not about what you need to actually make yourself happy, but more about understanding the intrinsic value of things that actually do make you happy, like social connection, like health, like a good, a good amount of sleep, um, contribution, right, to, to giving, giving, giving things away, um, experiences. Things like that um, are just examples. I can, I can throw a lot more, but ultimately it's about the things that don't necessarily ha have this external value, but really gives you all the feels, feeling like life is, this is the life that you've meant to, you've been meeting to live. There's so many, like you said, external things that come into play here. Like you only have control over so many things, right? Like how do you keep from going down a negative route if, there's other things that are coming at you all day long. Maybe they're brought on by like these new changes and change sometimes, even though with good is scary and produces feelings of like anxiety and fear and all of that. Like how do you train your brain to sort of recognize that as a good thing and to keep thinking positively, even though there's like these outside sources that are filtering in. Like, so the key here is, is, is practicing the art of presence, like staying present to the, this very moment. Because a lot of times the feelings that we get ourselves caught up in are based on events that have happened in the past or might happen, or you think might happen in the future. But typically when you stay in the present and you, stay, and you look around at the facts of what's actually going on in this present moment, moment, there's a lot more things to be grateful for 
then there are things to complain about. <laughs> um, and typically the things that we complain about are things that, like I said, have already happened or you think will happen. And so practicing that, and then there's like another layer of that presence. Well, presence ultimately is a combination of gratitude, right? Just being grateful for the things that you have, the people you have in your life or what's around you, but also savoring in the moment, right? So for example, think of like your favorite food, right? For me, it's like, Nothing can be like a really good bag of chips. So <laughs> the first chip for me is always going to be the best. And, and instead of thinking about, oh my God, like I can't wait to have the second chip, I'm really going to be all up in the first chip, really like allowing my senses to take over and really being present and being not only grateful that I get to eat this chip, but also like really savoring like the saltiness and like the crunchiness and the fact that like I'm able to indulge in this chip without compromising my health. Right, being able to just stay in the now, now, I didn't mean to go that deep into the description of my relationship with chips, but it does <laughs> highlight this perspective of like how presence can really make you happy. Because the truth is, after that first chip, it may not be as good, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, you know, and it, and it continues to go that way even to the last chip. Love that you reference chips because that is so like bare minimum, like the fact mm-hmm. that. A chip could make you happy in some capacity is wonderful because again, their chips are great. So like yeah. if that's what makes you happy to appreciate that is you, you're already set above the rest because I've been encountering a lot of like negativity on the dating apps where I feel a little cuckoo because that's why I asked you how you would define happiness. Cause I'm like, am I wrong about where I stand in the world? Like, am I, should I actually be more like depressed. And maybe I sound crazy when someone on the apps asks me how I'm doing, all things considered. And I say, I'm actually doing quite well. I'm employed. I have my health. I have a roof over my head. I have friends and family. I'm trying to like live as much of a normal life as I can, you know, within the boundaries of everybody's health and safety. So I feel very fortunate in my personal life and experience. And sometimes I do not even get a response from people. Mm. Other times, like I just went on a date last weekend and the guy I went out with um, was complaining the whole time. It was like every opportunity he could find to complain, he did. It wasn't even relevant all the time. It almost like he just, there was a silent moment and he felt like this would be another really good opportunity to complain. And I'm like, we're on this beautiful picnic that you planned in Beverly Hills. And when else would we be doing a picnic outside? This is so lovely. I feel like we're possibly in France, like (laughs) a unique experience. And he's like, well, nothing else is open. I'm like, "Um, sir, actually a lot of things are open. And in fact, not only are they open, but they've created this wonderful patio lifestyle now that we get to live, which is also very European. It brings me Mm -hmm. back to Miami and I love eating al fresco. The weather is great. And like everything I said was like so on the opposite spectrum of where he was. And I'm like, how am I supposed to date anybody right now if everyone is down in the dumps? Yeah. Yeah. And like what you what you describe there is his issue and, and many so many other people's challenges around focalism. Right? You just focus on one event so much so that you forget everything else that's happening around you. <laughs> and that becomes like your entire experience. And so for a lot of people COVID has become a total nightmare because it has impacted maybe one way or multiple parts of their lives. And they're so focused on that that they're not able to see any other things that are happening that actually potentially could be great, if not opportunistic for them to actually uh, make this into a positive, an, an, an overall positive experience, right? Like, let's face it, like, there's nothing great about having COVID or being a part of this. At the same time, it's not the only thing happening in our world and in our lives. And being able to shift the focus away from something like that and shed a little bit of focus on things that you can have control over, which are typically your thoughts, your feelings, and your behaviors, that gives you more capacity to actually you know, leverage the life that you currently have and make it as best as you can. Well, so what do I do in terms of that? Because like, if I am like on your side of the things, like your side of thinking where I do appreciate all of those things and I'm in my state where I'm generally happy most of the time, do I date no one? Are there like, is there a way to determine 
whether somebody is positive or maybe even shift the conversation to try and gather if they are positive or just a really negative person overall? Well, I feel like, first of all, like I love the message that you sent when someone's asking me how you're doing and you're telling them your truth, that becomes your filter. And so now how people respond, if they do, becomes your filter whether or not you should be seeing this person. Because the last thing you want to do is get caught up in another lunch date with someone who all they're going to do is complain. Like that is typical. And, and by the way, like, and this is not to speak lowly or be harshly of anyone, but if that's their mindset currently, and they are in a place where they're able to go out on a, on a date with you, like I can only imagine how they're going to be when things actually become very difficult inside of your relationship with them, right? And so being able to have this outlook gives you a good insight of how they are going to approach things. Like what better way to filter out how people are responsive to stress than being inside of this pandemic right now? So I feel like your message serves as a great filter for such a thing. And if you're willing to give someone a shot, just be, you know, then that's fine too. But also understand, not your responsibility to try to change their perspective either, right? Like, I, ideally, you want that person to come with a, a similar perspective out the box, so to speak. <laughs> right. So we should try to like avoid someone who is negative altogether and not waste our energy on helping them see the positive light. Like, in general, if it's very like, one way if they're very on the negative spectrum but like where would the the line be would you say to like recognizing somebody who might just be like annoyed at some things but like maybe they're not like super negative all the time is it just like an obvious gut feeling like if someone's just like negative nancy the whole date you're like goodbye but like how do you tell if it's just like I don't know, they're having a bad day or they're like annoyed at this one thing. And that might just be the thing, like that might be their yeah. thing that they get annoyed with or something. How, how would you, I mean, I guess it's like takes getting to know somebody, right? But like, is yeah. there anything that would be like a red flag to helping someone decipher that? Well, that's a great question. Like, there's a willingness that to, to inquire about it. You know, the one thing that has been very clear uh, that COVID has brought up for us to the surface is that we are in desperate need of like physical human connection. And we've taken it for granted for many, many years due to the advent of, of a technology. So that being said, like to even ask a question of like, hey, that, you know, this, this topic seems to rile you up a, a little bit, you know, like, are, is everything okay? Like, what's on your mind? Like, do you want to talk about it more? Giving them, because who knows, like, this might be something that's been on their mind and they've suppressed it. This might be on their mind. They never had a chance to talk to anyone else about it. Maybe they just want to release. And if you're willing to be that person that can hold the space and allow that and listen and allow them to do that, there might be an opportunity for them not only to open up, but also for you to see opportunities to connect with them and understand their point of view. Because you're right. They might be negative in that moment, but they might not have necessarily a negative perspective about life. And so having more understanding and giving space for a deeper conversation to be had, I think is necessary, especially during these times. I mean, if, even if you're not getting together in person, but you're having a virtual date, whether it's over FaceTime or Zoom, it, I feel like it allows, because things are so different, it allows space for you to also approach conversation in a way that's different as well and, and, and can potentially open up more. Yeah, that I think that is basically like, you know, you, there's a spectrum of mm. of emotions that everyone feels. Everything everyone lives on a spectrum, I believe personally. So, obviously if someone is like skewing like severe on one side or another, then that would be I would think a sign or a red flag. Even someone who's like overly happy all the time, like you got to you you want someone who's human, right? Like you yeah. want you can connect, like you said, you can connect on those levels. You don't want to be connecting only on levels of like talking shit or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, but you can connect on levels. Like there's even an app out there um, for people who are, I think it's called Hater. And it's like people connect on things they don't like because there there is a connection, a level of connection on some of that. And like you sometimes opposites attract, right? Or you're yep. trying to find some balance. Like this person balances me. I happen to be 
wound pretty tight and a little bit neurotic. And while sometimes that works in my favor, sometimes it doesn't. Well, my partner happens to be very relaxed. So sometimes Mm -hmm. while he might miss some things, he also allows me to take a moment and try to balance myself and become a little more relaxed. So everyone needs to know, like when we say we're looking, you want to look for someone who's happy or, um, you know, you're trying to find the happiness. Like, of course, that's within reason because everyone's human and and we all have the the range of emotions, right? But if someone's skewing, like, I guess, severely on one end or another, that would be like a red flag. Yeah, especially if that person is is saying and behaving in such a way that's affecting like your mood, right? And your vibe. That's something that you don't necessarily need to carry around. But to your point, like, yeah, negativity definitely can attract as well. I mean, think about it. Like, this is why we ask some of the mundane questions in the world, like, you know, what do you think of the weather? Or like, <laughs> you know, or man, LA traffic sucks, right? Like we, we do like to share the things that we don't like as a way to create some common connection. And so in that respect, I feel like that's, that's really good. You know, um, oftentimes during this time, you know, especially during this time where like a lot of people are deep in their emotions, you know, and they don't know how to share, what to express, what they're feeling or, or any of those things. And so, you know, being able to connect with someone sometimes they they, they they can't necessarily control or they don't know how to express themselves in those moments. And maybe it can be off-putting or they might be putting off the wrong message in a way that they didn't intend to. But these are the things you do want to look out for. And, and of course, if you feel like this person is not necessarily a negative person, but just right now is, is carrying a negative vibe in, in, in the context of this particular conversation, you can give some grace and, and, and give them the invitation to possibly going deeper and sharing more, which might actually help the conversation, help them feel a little bit more uplifted. For sure. And also not judged and like uh, that you're creating a safe space. Well, yeah. I try, I try my hardest on these apps. It's real tough with strangers because there's so little information to go by and so little history there or respect rather. But I actually was asked by a guy just this morning on Hinge, my favorite app, um, yeah. what I've learned about myself during this time. And I thought that was great because it really did open it up in such a broad way for me to go any which way with my answer. I, again, went like toward the positive. What I learned is I'm really good on my own. Um, I'm really easily entertained. It doesn't take a whole lot to make me that happy. Um, I have all my necessities and I really just need to connect with people I love in a meaningful way, whether that's in person safely or virtually. But those are the things that I really need. Now that I know how simple I am, I think that also makes me feel like, I don't know, like I can conquer anything. And I guess it goes back to what you were saying about like how some people cannot handle crisis. And this really is showing us that. But I really appreciated that this guy wanted to know how I'm handling the crisis. And I was like, oh my God, this guy actually cares about me and mm-hmm. how I'm doing for real and <laughs> looking for a deeper meaning within my answer. Because he didn't just ask me like, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> he went deeper. So I thought that was great. And then he answered really openly as well. And obviously we're not all perfect and every day isn't going to be the happiest of days, but it's really nice when someone does come back with something positive to say and some sort of gratitude. Yeah. And these are, you know, what you express are two of the things that actually do make us happy. One is kindness, right? Feeling, feeling that someone's being kind to us or us performing an act of kindness and that social connection, feeling connected in some way that we're sharing an experience together. These type of things make us happy, you know, and, that, and that's really important. And then, of course, in times of COVID, when we talk about like the uprooting of our routine, it's about having these healthy practices in our lives that keep us grounded. So that way, if COVID happens or if anything else happens in our lives, we, we feel a level of certainty because we have these healthy practices that are in place that serve us so that can help us get through any type of crisis that we're going through, whether it's something that's within our control or not. Yeah, I think like... I remember in my past, there was a guy that I dated that like really, like really right off the bat kind of showed me his true colors when he 
would act super weird towards me, but then he would blame it on the stress of like having to find a job. And I remember asking myself those important questions, like what is it going to, if I continue a relationship with this person and he's acting like taking it out on me because there's these outside stresses, does that mean that when like, let's say we're married and somebody's parent passes away or something like really tragic happens, like then what it's go- is it going to look like? Like that's going to be terrifying. And it was hard to have to ask myself those questions because I was in the moment was, I felt like I was happy with him getting to know him and like having fun. But I also wanted to make sure I wasn't ignoring um, some of those signs. And I would now call them red flags because it ended up being like turning into a major disaster. Um, And I think that those were some things that you, I don't know. It's like you want to be happy and you don't want to ignore being happy, but you also don't want to ignore or focus on um, like the negative too much. You want to have that balance. Like I was talking about before, like, you know, we're all agreeing that we think we need, if someone is coming at you with something that you think might be like, Ooh, that might make a difference in our later relationship. How do you tell yourself like, okay, there's these great qualities and then there's these bad qualities. It's, without like ruining something in the moment or focusing on one thing as opposed to another, like, Oh, I'm now I'm just focusing on all the negative or I'm only, only paying attention to the positive because you're trying to like get an answer. I mean, there's a balance that happens there, right? Yeah. I mean, once again, it's, it's, it's the focalism, right? So in the moment you're really focusing on maybe like the reaction or what you're feeling in that experience, but then taking an assessment and allowing it to process that experience is now already gone, right? And so now you're, all you're left is with your thoughts and your feelings and your behaviors. And in that, in that particular cycle, you have an opportunity to process those things and then leave, this, leave the cycle with a new thought, a new behavior, a new feeling, and then a new behavior. So if it's one that, for example, let's say uh, he is being really, really uh, overreactive and just downright just irritable, right? And you get a sense that this has nothing to do with you. Yet you're the in the crosshair, so to speak, of that that frustration, that stress. So you there's two. So you have an opportunity of internalizing that and saying, okay, like it sucks to have experienced like the kind of the, the the front the brunt of the stress that's being released on me, and I get to ch- a chance to change my story about that. Right? I don't. I get to choose to not be a victim of that particular experience. I get to choose to say you know what, he's going through a lot of pain. And how can I, you know, um, do something that can be supportive of him being able to process the pain that he's going through. So eventually, it gets it off of of you and and the experience that you were having in the moment. And it takes it back to the to the experience of what actually happened. Right? Like he snapped at you and you know, downright that it wasn't had nothing to do with you. But there might have been an, an event where you were present to that triggered it. But that doesn't mean that has to do with you. So being able to process that, it gets you out of the focalism inside of that moment and brings you into a different place that actually can serve both of you. Right. That makes so much sense because you do want to help the person if there is something, because that is part of a relationship too, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're not going to write somebody off if they're having a bad day or whatever. But then if this continues to happen and you feel like you're being a support to that person and you're constantly, you know, trying to be in the moment and then reassess and say, okay, well, how can I actually help this person? It's not actually, I'm not going to take it personally. I'm going to try and like work together and, and make it better or whatever. If that continues to happen and there's no positive outcome, then that's when you might say to yourself like, okay, this is beyond me or this person is just volatile or whatever. It could be a million different things. Yeah. And you set a boundary around that. So you can say something like, Hey, you know what, hon? You know, I've been noticing that there's a, I'm sensing a lot of stress from you. And in my experience, it feels like a lot of it's been thrown my way. And while I understand that you're going through a difficult time, I still don't appreciate, and it's not the kind of relationship I want to be in where I get the brunt of someone else's frustration all the time. And so if this were to keep going, I might have to set the boundary that like, we may not see each other anymore. Right. Something along the lines, of, and I just threw that out of, out of my ass, but like that was just something along the lines of that, where you just acknowledge what's going on, giving him even an opportunity to maybe explain what's going on. Maybe he hasn't had a chance to process it or talk about it. 
giving him that space, but then also setting a boundary for yourself that says, hey, like if this goes on, like I, I don't think that then we should continue our relationship. And, and, and by holding that boundary, right, setting and holding that boundary, it, it really does heighten the dynamic of the relationship because then it calls him to step up in a way that is actually not only in service to the relationship, but to himself to get over that what's whatever it is that's, that's troubling him. Interesting. Now, in terms of like a new relationship, let's just say you like don't really have that much history with that person. And like, you're just trying to sniff out whether this person is who they say they are in the three months, the first three months, or if they're presenting the best version of themselves, because don't they say that like people actually drop the facade after three months. So like, are there ways to sniff out an unhappy person in the early stages outside of like the general direct I'm unhappy kind of commentary? <laughs> it, it, honestly, it really just comes from observation, right? Observing moments, observing what their behaviors, their feelings and their behaviors are when they're under uh, different circumstances, right? Like you see them at their status quo. And they're living their lives like a normal person. You get to see that. But when something changes, when an event happens and they get triggered, whether um, maybe it's something at work, maybe something happened between you two, maybe it's something else with family, whatever it is, how does it shift? So if it's under stress, how do they respond to stress? Even if it's something simple, right? Even if it's something that they can't, let's, let's say they can't find something online or they can't get something to work on their computer, like how are they reacting in that microcosm? I'm not saying this is a projection of overall, but you do get to notice in those subtleties how they're handling things overall. Um, and I think that is information, not necessarily the whole, <laughs> the whole story, but it is information for you to get an idea and to build more awareness to look for when more stressful things come into your lives or things that are even um, bigger take require more responsibility uh, and how, that, how they react to those type of situations. And adversely in terms of happiness, right? If they experience really exciting things like, are they, do they feel like it's glorified happiness or are they taking things for granted or are they diminishing their success or their happiness, right? Like you get to see the microcosm of those things as just information that may determine what they might, what, what it might look like down the road. But at the end of the day, it is just information. These are just, it, it's hard to, to set rules around here because these times are so different. Yeah, especially right now, it, it does definitely add a little bit of a layer there because while this is complicated in its own right now, it's even this other new thing that you've got to throw into the mix and be like, okay, well, this could also be a reason for happiness or unhappiness. And it's it's definitely, I think, making it quite quite complicated. But also at the same time, there are some nice straightforward, simplistic things, like when it comes to dating that we here on the show have pointed out that we love, like finding, going back to like our, the first part of our conversation, like the perspective of finding, like focusing on the positive, right? Like mm -hmm. Jen was focusing on the fact that we were, she was outside of this beautiful picnic. Like when else would you have a picnic while her date was just saying like, that's all there was because nothing was open. Like, yeah. There are so many nice things that you can focus on. Like, listen, you know, if someone is on a budget, that would be something they could focus on. Like, hey, I'm saving some money here because they're, you know, we're having like at home dates where we're just popping open a bottle of wine that we already have in our cabinet or um, FaceTime dates are awesome because it's a it's a nice organic step from taking it off of an app and texting before you're actually meeting someone you can gauge the chemistry a little you can do it in the comfort of your own home and you get to kind of tell right then and there like oh man I mean I don't know if I want to actually meet this person in person or yeah there's a this person is like looks like their picture I'm feeling a, a little bit of a connection even over FaceTime like can't wait to meet him then it amps up the excitement like there are so many added layers in life in general and dating but COVID has like definitely added some some things to the mix, but like, we kind of like some of the things I think. You know, the truth is like COVID creates an amazing opportunity for everyone to really see everything with an open point of view. Like anything can be changed in, in your life. 
including like the type of people that you thought you you were into <laughs> you know and so giving yourself that opportunity to open up just a little bit naturally creates more opportunities and, and, and more experiences for you to get to have to going back to what I was saying before to just collect more information right it's not about getting that one piece that now becomes like the overview of how you want to approach life or how you think all men should be or how all women should be, but just information that increases your level of awareness for what actually matters in your life, you know, and, and, and that awareness allows you to then focus on the things that actually do matter as opposed to the things that you thought mattered, but actually don't in the, in, in the grand scheme of things. So let's say you're doing all of this thinking and realizing what, you know, matters and what makes you happy and, and you're evaluating all of these things. Um, and you're in a relationship. How do you know the difference between finding happiness with someone or needing happiness from someone, or if you're just happy on your very own accord? An easy way to, to think of it is to, and, and some studies have actually been done about this, where uh, <laughs> the idea of being in a relationship and getting married, people have a projection of how happy they think they will be. Here, it was a, it was a study that was uh, done by a person last name Lucas. And they asked about love, finding true love. Will that actually make you happier? And the truth is, married people are happier in the first two years. And then after that, they are equal to those who are unmarried and single. <laughs> and so, like, why is that? Well, the realization that someone can't complete you actually becomes reality for them. The second thing is hedonic adaptation, which is the idea that things that you have in your life, you get used to. So they don't hold as much value and they don't make you as happy as you thought you were. So we all have this idea in our head of like how happy we would be to have someone in our lives. And we also have this number in our head of what would happen, of how unhappy we would be if that person were to leave our lives. But the truth is the real happiness is never as high or as low as you think it is. And having that love in your life isn't going to, uh, the happiness isn't going to last as long as you think it will. Now, I don't share all these things to make you feel like it's not worth going after true love. Of course that it is. But it's just a matter of understanding how your mind likes to build ex like these wild expectations that it can never fulfill. And that your mind is ultimately the, the, the compass that you should not be paying attention to. And ultimately, it comes down to your heart. It's kind of like that saying, like, money can't buy happiness. Well, I think, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, but it sure does make it easier. Or like that meme that floats around on the social, mm -hmm. like, well, you don't need tennis shoes to run, but it sure does make it easier. Like, yeah, okay, we yeah. get that. And, and that is true. Like, love can help you feel like fulfilled if you want to be part of a partnership or I remember even like in my single days uh, there was a billion moments but like one of them one time I was like trying to get into a dress and I was going to some event that was like kind of fancy and so I had this dress on I was doing my hair and makeup and then it got to the point where like it was time to go and I was like oh wait I didn't zip my dress up all the way because I was just like half doing things and I couldn't do it I couldn't zip it up because like it was a weird angle and I was by myself and I was like what are, what are people supposed to do if they have a dress and they're by themselves? Like, I don't have someone to zip this dress up. And it was like this moment of like, what am I supposed to do? And I think there's like positive and, and negatives, obviously, like we've been talking about. And I think that, you know, you tell yourself like, oh, well, if I just had this person, I would zip this dress up and I would, wouldn't even be having to go to this dumb event or whatever. But like, you do build things up in your mind or you make them worse or better than you think they would be. And I know that people, you know, I think we can all be realistic and say, yeah, sometimes having a partner or having love would be cool, but then sometimes it's not right. Like, yeah, it's not always, you know, as glamorous as you're making it sound or as catastrophic as you're, you're expecting it to be, but that would go back to living in the moment. Right. Thomas, mm -hmm. like, don't worry about what might be happening or what has happened in the past. Like if you just in the moment with the dress analogy, like, you know what, just who cares? It's funny. Like ask your girlfriend to zip the dress up when you get there, because like you're rushing to get ready and like, Oh, well, you know, like just be in the moment and, and don't, 
focus on maybe what you're worried about or what you have worried about in the past. For example, I was just trying to hang this bathroom storage unit and I was doing it all by myself. And to be honest, not once did it cross my mind to have somebody else there. I wasn't like, I didn't go to that moment, Lauren, like you were saying about the dress, because like at this point in our growth process, I'm not there anymore where it would affect me in that way. If you asked me that a year ago, maybe different story, probably would have cried, but I was just like happy to be doing it and getting this stupid thing on the wall. And I was like, yes, I can't wait to like reorganize all my bathroom products. And then I thought about it while you were just talking. I'm like, imagine if I did have a partner, but like, what if that person wasn't handy? So like having a partner does not solve all of your problems. I have a power screwdriver. I could solve my problems. Yes. Or Jen, what if that partner didn't like the thing that you picked out? Like, what if you're like, I want this bathroom storage cabinet and your partner's like, ew, that's ugly. Like you don't have the freedom to just pick the thing you want. You have to like ask what they think, or like, maybe you don't have money and they need to pay for it. So you're in a relationship where someone like controls the finances or whatever. You just don't know. It's not always as happy-go-lucky as you think you might be making it in your head. It's more, like you were saying, Thomas, it's probably just more neutral. Like, it's just sort of good and bad sometimes, and it's never, like, horrific or amazing and fantastical. It's just, like, sort of level, which you kind of want, right? Like, there's some, there's a, there's a level of uh, security that comes with, like, normalcy sometimes, too. Yeah, and, and that's ultimately what you do want to look for. I mean, when you really think about the things that you believe make you happy, how many times have you had those things and yet like you still felt like something was missing or worse, the very thing that you have was became the source of your greatest resentment, (laughs) right? Like how many people have had jobs where they've made over $75,000, but yet they hate their jobs or they're in a relationship with the idea that like, Oh my God, this person completes them, but then they don't like their partner right? Or their partner just irritates the hell out of them, right? Like, we get to these points where we invested so much outside of ourselves to have this thing thinking that we're going to be complete. And the reality is, once we have those things, we don't care for the responsibility. (laughs) We don't care for the maintenance of, of these things, whether it's relationships, money, or whatever. And then we end up resenting them, right? And so it's just, our mind has an interesting way of tricking us into believing these things actually matter. When they do in some ways, just not as much as we think we do, it does. Like our mind tries to convince us of more. And there's other simpler things that actually make us happy. So during this time during COVID, focusing on those simpler things actually will increase your happiness over all the other things that maybe you have lost during COVID and thought were so important. Yeah, I think that perspective, you know, the this, this shift of this whole worldly pandemic has like definitely knocked us all into a different direction to say, okay, what kind of perspective do I have? How can I change that? How can I be more positive and be more happy? Because of something like this, it knocks you out of your routine and allows you to then self-reflect and say, okay, wait, what can I change? Or what can I make better? Or how can I, you know, move into down a happier path because it, it, unfortunately it is a negative thing that we're all experiencing right now. So it's kind of forcing people to, even though like Jen, for example, is not having like a super hard time, it's still probably forcing her to ask herself questions about how to better things because she's a self-reflective person. Right, Jen? I mean, you're still going down that path, even though you live generally happy. All the time. But I think I also usually walk down that path anyway. So for me, this just provided me with more time to do that. Like you were saying, like, it has allotted me more time because I can't be as social as I normally am. I feel like I'm grounded and home more. So I'm reading more. I'm having more meaningful conversations. I'm working out more. I'm meditating more. And like, like this did knock out our routines but I created new ones because routines for me bring me happiness to know what I'm going to do each day and that I can check things off my to-do list and feel 
like I'm in control of something and that I actually am making progress in my life and I'm not just sitting around rotting while 2020 happens to me. And I would say the most challenging thing I'm facing currently, and I'm grateful that this is the most challenging thing I'm facing where other people are facing much more difficult things and not just the negative ones, but the people that are actually facing difficult things is dating because it has really put a damper on people's mindset, their energy level, their um, ambition to date because some it seems like people are distracted. Like a guy wrote me this morning saying, hey, I really do want to get to know you. I'm like, dude, where have you been in the last month? How do I, why would you even reach out to me at this point? So I actually said to him, I was like, listen, I appreciate your interest and I'm flattered, but I'm looking for somebody who's actually looking for a relationship, not distracted by whatever else is going on in their lives and wishy-washy about the whole process. So I just put it out there because I'm like, I I don't need these free-for-alls. Like, don't come in and out whenever you decide today you're lonely. That's not what this is about. If you want a real relationship, let's start building one and getting to know each other. But like, I'm not here to pass the time for you. For me, to answer your question, I am trying to better myself during this difficult time. And also, I appreciate the fact that this is creating filters, like you said, Thomas, like, it's a real easy way to see if somebody's interested in dating or doing this because they're bored or surfing the web because they want to see what's out there. And it's a little bit of a gamification when they get a match. And it's making that a lot easier to weed out. But at the same time, it is a struggle because just like the dating apps were new, now we're navigating dating apps amidst a pandemic, amidst social unrest, amidst all sorts of sensitivities in the world. And it's become that much more difficult, but I will not give up. So it's causing me to have to grow every day and learn and, and change my strategy and, and get inventive and come up with new ways to ask questions. So that's the long answer to your question. Well, I think that you you bring up some really good points and helping people maybe who are having trouble in this realm, like, oh, I could try that. Or that's a great perspective. I should start thinking that way. But like Thomas, you speaking of like leveling up and things, you are the expert on leveling up. So before we wrap, can you give our listeners like a couple of key tools and tips and tricks on how to level up their happiness. Just maybe a few things they can check off their list on their day-to-day basis to get into this practice. Yes. Uh, and, and Jen, like it was so beautiful what you said, because that at the beginning of what you said is literally the foundation of how you start. When, run, when, when one routine gets pulled from you, you replace it by creating a, a new routine. And everything you talked about, reading, exercise, engaging in social conversations, right? Even these like little handy handy lady projects, right? <laughs> like in the bathroom. These are all places where you have a foundation and you're doing it because it makes you happy. And when you have this foundation, you have this routine, what it does is it gives you capacity and, and, and power to enforce boundaries, set and enforce boundaries, which you did with that guy who reached out. So back to your question, Lauren, like here's what you do. You, you start with what I call HP, which stands for health points, and it also stands for healthy practices. So things that you do every single day to ground you, to give you power, capacity, integrity. What, what does that look like? Well, it could be um, exercising. It could be making sure that you get enough sleep for your body. It could be meditating. Um, it could be journaling you know, some type of practice that allows you to be with yourself. And then there's a multitude of other things that you can do. You can reach out to a friend and say hi and, or share words of support and, and love for them. You can perform an act of kindness to a stranger, um, whether it's online or offline. You can do something that increases your value, whether as a professionally or as a human being, and share that value with other people, right? There's so, there's, so, there's so many things you can incorporate as a healthy practice. Um, I would say from there, like that ultimately will start to give you ideas as to what will truly make you happy. And the second thing I would add on top of that, just to really keep it simple and wrap it up, is to make sure that you have time blocked off, whether it's once every day or at least a couple times a week where you get to have fun doing whatever it is that makes you happy. 
It could be having, it could be dancing. It could be going on a hike. It could be playing video games. It could be playing a card game, a crossword puzzle, whatever it is. Uh, crocheting, <laughs> the list can go on. But whatever it is that you find to be happy, it's so important that you block out time in your busy schedule to make sure that you give yourself that. Because when you do that, it's a form of love. And it's something that you're going to want to make sure that becomes a, a, a staple in your life. Well, self-love has definitely been a staple for our show. We've talked about it a gillion times, and that's a, that's a real term, by the way. And, um, you know, there's so many, it's such a catchphrase, but we love having experts like you on to help make it a real thing. You can just say, well, you got to love yourself or, you know, but it does, it's not helpful to just say that it's helpful to hear how to do it. And those are great, great tips about how to do it. And, um, if people want more tips and more help, remind everyone where they can find you. And if you've got anything coming up that they can look forward to. Yeah. So you can find me at thomasedwardsjr.com. So it's Thomas Edwards and then JR.com. I'm also on social media. Most of my handles are Thomas H. Edwards Jr. Um, and honestly, I, I just closed up um, enrollment for what I call the quest, which I take a handful of, of people and take them on a six-month journey in transforming their lives through this very practice that we talk about, with his healthy practices, daily habits, but truly discovering that Success and happiness can, can happen together. One doesn't need to be at the sacrifice of another. And the way for that to happen is to really live your life based on who you are, not what you do. So it's just really amazing um, journey. But if you want to know anything more about happiness, more about my story, you can go to thomasedwardsjr.com for more. That's awesome. Thank you again for joining us again. And everyone mm -hmm. listening, don't forget to tune in next week for an all new episode where we talk more dating and relationshipy stuff with our guest life coach and hypnotherapist, Ryan Haddon. And if you want to join the class of master daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at complicated show. And it's complicated wherever you get your podcasts to rate and comment and obviously tell a friend. And you can follow me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meds. And you can follow me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meds. Talk to you next week. Love you. Long time. You're listening to it's complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. 